the reason they don't make the soap anymore was because economically there were cheaper alternatives imported that came mm-hmm. in. Um, and then also uh, access to the farms, to the olives, mm-hmm. maybe they lost and or trees were cut down or um, inability to trade and export right. like they used to. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Ford Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar. This is unfortunately our final episode of a really wonderful series with Kim Thompson from Raw Coffee. Um, Kim, we are talking about Nabulus soap. Am I saying it? Nablusi. Nablusi soap. It is an olive oil soap company. Tell us about olive oil soap. I, well, I think I'm going to say it for the third or fourth time. I'm I'm not really qualified to be talking too much about this because I'm still <laughs> learning. But but um, it's olive oil soap has been made since the 10th century. Mm. Um, uh, Nablus is the area which was famous for the soap, and I think that was because that's where a lot of the olive trees grew. Mm. Um, although they grow all over Palestine. Um, this is where, and maybe it's also because of the Jordan River, because oh, okay. they had lye, and the, and the lye was along the banks, I believe, of the you know, the Jordan River. Um, but it was something that was very, it's very important historically to the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it was exported to Europe, and there are lots of fables and stories about it being, you know, used by royalty on their faces and everything because it was so such a good soap. Um, it only uses three ingredients, so olive oil, cold-pressed olive oil, uh, un- unfiltered, unadulterated oil, uh, lye, and fresh water. What is lye? It is. It's a it's an alkaline substance. I think it's a product from the Barella tree. Okay. Uh, that's ash that's made. Um, it's a natural product again. Okay. Uh, but that the 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 bubbles the oh okay from- the suds. Yes, the soap. Okay. And, but but this is, I think when you first use the soap, obviously it's got no fragrance. If it's mm-hmm. a, a pure old traditional soap, you have no fragrance. Um, it's got no colour and it's it's not, it doesn't make a lot of suds. Mm-hmm. So you have to get used to using it. But it, it's actually very moisturising. Mm-hmm. It was a revelation to me to use it for the first time. I think we were walking through an old a part of the old heritage of the town and a, a young man with English asked if we would come in and we walked into this business that was closed. You could see it wasn't operating anymore. And it had the two great big, you know, tubs on the bottom where they would cook the soap. And in his grandfather's time, they were making a lot of soap from this factory and there were maybe 40 family-run businesses in that old part of the township that were reliant on the income from soap. Um, they would dry it on the ground and then they would cut it. It's it, There are videos that you can see online. You've got to, to see, see it. We'll it. put links. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I know that in Syria and Jordan and Lebanon they make soap too. So anywhere where they grow, where they have olives, growing they would mm-hmm. they would make the soap um very important historically to the region i think mm-hmm. obviously um a lot of the reason they don't make the soap anymore was because economically there were cheaper alternatives imported that came mm-hmm. in 
Um, and then also uh, access to the farms, to the olives, mm-hmm. maybe they lost and or trees were cut down or um, inability to trade and export right. like they used to. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, available now online for you to learn at your own pace with a certificate available upon completion. Click the link in the show notes to access today for just 50 euros. So sadly, I, I think the world is is a, is a lesser place if we don't have access to these old products that, yep. you know, these modern versions that you can get are not the same and they don't have the no. same quality of ingredients. Um, I, I I know the health benefits of olive oil. Olive oil. Um, living here in the Middle East for a long period of time, I've been lucky. Olive, olive oil to eat is something, you know, we're lucky and I think here in the UAE, one of our cheapest street foods is Lebanese food you know mm. like really good Lebanese food and shawamas and hummus and tabbouleh and so most good. of the time. we're very very lucky shout out you know, to Zarub <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I think this this factory um this young man thing it, it was just a, a like a little idea that and I've struggled with it because obviously I've tried for a couple of years and the, I've, I've had um, some of the advice and had the, the building inspected to see if I could get it um, included in a heritage restoration program. Okay. It needs 450,000 euros to, to repair. Oh, and wow. at, at the moment, because of the political situation and because it's, it seemed to be benefiting one family rather than a right than the a community. Um, I had done up some drawings and had a dream of putting a visitor center to talk about the, the history of the olive oil soap, and then a smaller um, manufacturing plant, maybe even a modern one that that mm. was not because it can be quite toxic. I think. His father was blind. His father is blind because of the fumes that come up from cooking the soap. Because it's a, as they cook it, there's fumes that come up. That wow. So, um, and and they have no health and safety. You know, they're no. in open sandals. There's no apron, no gloves. So, you know, I bought him goggles. I bought him gloves. But I've been there when he's making, and it's hot, so it's not very comfortable. So he's back mm-hmm. doing it. He wants to do it. So, yeah, I. I um I realized that financially I don't have that money. Yep. And really what he and his family needs is to sell soap. So I started sending him money to make the soap. I asked him to follow the traditional recipes and not get too creative with anything, not add any fragrances. Mm-hmm. Please use Palestinian oil and not use imported oil because the oil is cheaper for him to import from mm-hmm. India. You know, this oil from Cyprus or Spain that's available. Um, so he's been making some soap for us that is um, selling beautifully down here. We have run some different competitions to try and see if we could create a, a brand for the soap that we could sell on a global market to a, a younger, more conscious sort of consumer Um 
who was looking at not about it being from Palestine, but about it being a, a healthy product to put on their skin was mm-hmm. the way we decided to approach it. Um, we I got some molds, silicone molds made in uh, India, so that it would always be the same consistent size. Mm-hmm. The, the soap was always going to be traditional, but they're not the same size. So if we're going to get packaging, it's got to be a standardized yep. size. Um, I bought him, I bought my hair down here and he came and interned with a friend of mine who owns a really successful business down here called the Camel Soap Factory. Okay. So soap need uh, like a fat or an oil. So mm-hmm. she uses soap with, with a milk product, camel milk down here. Okay. And she does a lot of white label work um, with different brands. She uses different molds. So he came down here and he saw what a, a, a well-organized business with health and safety and, you know, a, a flow and a process was like. And um, he's gone back up there and we are now at the point where I've I've had a couple of false starts with creating the brand. Um, I, I ran a competition at the university and we had some great uh, entrants but it was because those students, those design students, don't get to travel. They have no global mm. world exposure. Mm. And I think my, I have a friend, Hassan, here, who is actually a, a good friend of my son-in-law. And together, he's a marketing, uh, that's, his, that's his area mm-hmm. of expertise. So now together, we're going to create something that we feel is, is, a, is a modern brand that has no... Um, No political leanings. Story. It, it, it is purely about going back to a tradition of something that's really good quality and and very pure and and very healthy to put on your skin and it's natural and that's that's how we're going to target the market. I think it's a it's something that I think soap is. We're going to do a, a, a like a bulk pack of six bars rather than an individual pack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be very clean, very crisp. We're actually trying to see if we can make the the packaging from a friend of ours who is uh, one of the senior lecturers uh, for the Al Naja University in Nablus. Okay. And one of she she runs different. She calls them hackathons, Mona. And she has some students who created a product from the byproduct of the seed of the olive once it's been cold-pressed wow. to make a, a, a paper from. So we're trying to see if we could make the packaging from that because that would be a beautiful story yes. and very natural. And it's it's like that beautiful circular economy. Um, it would be another way of generating a, a revenue for them up there. Um, and, and and potentially could be used for other things as well. But they know how to make it. It's just now how we take that to market stage to market. Yeah. You know, I really see an opportunity here for cafes, where if cafes do want to support um, a small business in Palestine, there really is. I mean, it's not a stretch to sell olive oil soap in a cafe. I don't know why, but it doesn't feel like it would be a stretch. And there's an opportunity there for a conversation to be started about, well, this is soap that comes from a small business artisan in Palestine. I think 
I, I, I'd love to think that that's true, but I think the reality is here you have a trade license that's quite specific with what you are allowed to do and what you're allowed to sell. Oh, I mean internationally. A, I mean in Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm absolutely. saying in in, yeah. in Australia, in America, like if mm-hmm. we were able to find a way to get these soaps international, this would be a really fantastic way mm. that small businesses – could support an artisan like this and really tell a story in their cafes about being able to help an artisan? Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. I think it's something that uh, I once we get the branding finished, then I'm just going to be tapping into my network and giving, asking them to come and have a coffee with me and then yep. trying to see, you know, Young women, we actually think are the target market. So people like you, I've got friends, the lady that's my creative director, we just bring everyone together and we just do some brainstorming and think about what the best way is to to try and see if we can get that to market. And the and the goal would be that it doesn't maybe it comes to the UAE so it can be shipped worldwide because at the moment there would be that option or um, Jordan Aman by Rose. Yeah. So I think there's it's starting just to get the trickle going now. Um, everyone who buys it loves it. For me, while I love the soap, it's more about, again, Lisa has the book that she can use for dialogue. I have the soap I can use for dialogue. It's just right. wanting to do something to feel like you have a purpose. Yeah. That you can do something. That hopefully the the goal would be that I eventually get cut out of it and, and he goes straight to somebody that can get it to the European market or the, the US market. But, you know, that's a... That's that's a success success story because then I can find something else that I can help. To take yeah, right. The next stage. Right, and surely with both of our networks and a whole bunch of like you were saying, a whole bunch of people that you bring together, we'll definitely be able to find well, coffee businesses all over too, the world. You know, we are we're going through. We went through earlier this year uh, uh, repackaging, so we are now buying recycled milk carton yes. packaging. Yes, it's so good, so, so good. You know, Maybe I twist their arm and I get something from them. You know, I, I'm just waiting to see what we come up with the brand. And then um, I'm sure there'll be some synergy somewhere yeah. along the line. Where, but I like I actually prefer the idea of using the the, the stone that's been crushed. Yeah, I love that it. idea. And, and, you know, maybe it's a bit of a skin as well. I've got no idea. But it's a, it's a, it's a nice story. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's like I said, it's one that is easily told in cafes all over the world especially at a time like this when things are so polarizing and people want to find a way to bring people together in in a really great conversation. Well, I think another thing with that, sorry, it would be, you know, the the movement towards supporting local. Yeah. And and, and artisan. Yeah. 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 100%. 100%. Um, Now, look, before we wrap up this series – what do you want, like what is the thing that you want people to take away from this discussion? It being such a polarizing time right now, um, what's the message you want to leave people with? I'd love for there to be equality. I'd love for people to try and listen. I'd like for people to leave their misconceptions 
and to feel some compassion to whoever it is and for there to be kindness to raise our children, for there to be kindness to to care about each other mm-hmm. and to try and think of little things we can do. You know, potentially, you know, there's some hope that there's going to be some type of shift or change and I hope there's not going to be more widespread mistrust and hate and hurt and other people being persecuted because there's misunderstandings. I I think being informed, trying to keep up with things that are going on, not just believing third and right-wing narrative, trying to understand the other side of stories, you know, it's so easy for me to proudly be living in a Middle Eastern country. I don't see anything crazy with it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and and I have friends from all different nationalities, all different sexual orientations, all different mm-hmm. religions, and we're living in harmony here, you know. I've never been anywhere that was safer, never. Conception that there's, you know, that we're all terrorists. It's not true. I love it. And, you know, folks, if you don't believe us, come to World of Coffee in January. Come party with us then. You'll see, I mean, we don't need to show you anything. You'll see it just as it is. Like there's no, I'm telling you, there's no country safer than, than the UAE. There, I've, I'm, I've traveled a lot. I've never felt safer in any country than I do in the UAE. I've never felt like living in America, that was a country that waxes poetic about safety I've, uh, and freedom. I've never experienced the levels there of what I experience here. I don't lock my house. I don't lock my car. No. The freedom to be able to go and come and open businesses and do what you want and all that kind of thing. Like I'm telling you, folks, it's there's a reason I moved here, and and it's not because of squillions of dollars. I don't have squillions of dollars. Neither do I. Right. I live a humble, grounded life, and I feel like I can do that here. Anyway, Kim, you're an inspiration. I'm privileged to know you. Um, I'm I'm really. Um, humbled that you came on and talked about this and thank I know you, you don't want to hear thank you um no. but um keep going is all I can thank say you. and any way that I can be of service I'm here thank you thank you for the platform and opportunity to My share pleasure. some some peace and love that's all it really is hey yep and how um, do I sign out of this because I know if this is about peace Peace out and peanut butter. Peace, love and peanut butter. Peace, love and peanut butter. Okay, right, sorry. Right, Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day, folks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.